Friends and fellow adventurers, welcome to the MinMaxed Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us, and you do so as we continue the Extinction Curse. As always, we'd like to invite you to come join our Discord, where you can hang out with us and other listeners of the show. And if you'd like to throw a little financial support our way, you can check out Patreon. And a shout out to all of those at our big number level and above. Wolf. Rock Jedi, Blardimus Slump, Juicy Daddy, Elisa Ellie, Das Chris, Fizzgig, Jacob Moriarty, Dickie Lopez, Carnifex, Alex K, Mordine, Doma El Laca, Dr. Grinis, Forevermore, Frank L, Just Mike Works, Ross D, Treehugger, Darren W, and Gold Rhino. Shout out to new patrons and somebody I think I may have missed for a couple of weeks, but an active member of our Discord, Lockfin. Then, moving from the build-up to the big number level, another very active member of our Discord, Indie Link. And finally, at the grand finale level, AC Goldner. Thank you all so much for your support. And now a recap of Session 79. The day after our big fight with the dinosaur-riding Zolgas who wrecked our tent, we decide to head to the desert farm, a place where there's people who can fix the tent and also haven't been heard from lately, so we're going to go make sure they're not dead or something. When we get there, we encounter a bunch of Zolgaths, this time on Triceratops. Combat immediately begins. Jeb and the wizard do some insane spell things, and in two very long rounds, basically all the enemies are dead. Jeb convinces the two remaining Triceratops to wander off after their Zolgath masters have been defeated. Afterwards, a family come out of the farmhouse. It's the Denserts, and in thanks, they offer to fix and upgrade our tent for free. Two kids display some uncanny artistic abilities, and we hire them to join the circus. Back at the circus, Oofy tells the wizard about a weird dream he and Dingo shared. The wizard doesn't seem to care. Another night passes, and we prepare for a new day. The next morning, the circus gets up and goes about its normal routine. You have the professor bringing you the coffee. He doesn't really address the dinosaur attack. He looks a little distant, like he's got a lot on his mind while he's pouring you the coffee. The professor? Yeah. After that, everybody just kind of starts the process of getting in the canvas from the denserts and making repairs to the tent and making it the... I think I mentioned this last time, you get the largest tent upgrade now. Yeah. So work begins on that today. Anybody going to deal with the professor? All right, I got this real quick. You don't have to. I got this. I got this. Okay. I say, Peach Pie, did the professor seem a little bit morose this morning to you? I think it suited him well. I think I should go talk to him and see if he's all right. If you wish. And Bernard will go talk to the professor and see what's going on. What's wrong with the old guy? Oh, okay. Bernard scurries up to the professor as he's going about his day, and he's starting off by getting a inventory of all the canvas that's coming in and working directly with the Denser parents to figure out how much they have to work with. Bernard and will just, like, crawl up his... like, climb up his leg real quick and up onto his shoulder. Uh, oh, uh, hello, Bernard. Yes, hello, Professor. How are you this morning? Uh, I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. Lots of... lots of work to do. Yes, yes. Getting the tent fixed and all that, how exciting. You know, you bringing around the coffee every morning has always been such a charming thing. Much appreciated. I, I know the others, they, you know, they're not very good at being appreciative, but I want you to know what you do is appreciated, Professor. I just wanted to say it seemed you were a little bit not as peppy this morning. I just wanted to check to make sure everything was all right. I'm sure it's all right, but I just wanted to ask. 
he gives a big, bright smile after Bernard's little speech there. Bernard, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm a little concerned. The uh, heroine is getting very close to the circus. Yes, the Zorgasm dinosaurs attacking our performance and the audience members. It was, well, certainly very dramatic. I want to ask Moonlight what we should do. Do we keep going for more shows or or do we pack up and leave while we still can or oh no i'm i'm certain the group is going to go and destroy these zolgas at the aeon tower i've seen them do it many times already i'm sure there's nothing to worry about all right all right for it thank you you've you've made me feel much better about it of course they're very good at violence I suppose they truly are. They are. It's frightening. <laughs> but in a reassuring way. Reassuring, yes. I agree. They're on our side. Of course. They're... Well, I don't know if they're good people yet, but they're trying. I think we're making progress. Well, that's all that matters, isn't it, Bernard? Yes. That was great. Take a hero point, David. Burner gets a hero point. Oh, there you go. Burner hero point. Can uh, can Bernard be the face of the party from now on? <laughs> Moonlight's going to retire. <laughs> Moonlight's been doing this ringleader thing for a while now. Oh, I just didn't feel like Moonlight would care if the professor seemed sad. <laughs> but it felt like a hook I wanted to pursue. But Peach Pie also wouldn't care. So it's only one person left who's going to give a fuck. <laughs> so... Does anybody have any plans on what they want to do today? Well, I'd be working. I mean, unless we're going out to the Aeon Tower, Peach Pie would definitely be putting that hammer to stake driving use. Oh, I mean, we definitely need to start working our way towards that Aeon Tower. Do we know anything about this tower? We don't know much about the tower. Yeah, you don't know much of shit about it. It's miles outside of town. It's not visible from Willowside. You just know it's the closest city. Willowside's the closest city? The one we're in? To the Aeon Tower, correct. Is there anywhere in town we could get more info? Yes, you were given information from Miss Tessa. She said that you could come and take a look at records at City Hall. I go do that. We go do that. I don't read good. The Wiz likes reading shit. And by by we, I mean the, the wizard does most of the, the looking. It went so badly last time, I don't even want to. Right, we got just like the bitchiest librarian ever. Like swindled <laughs> us out of money. Just to look at the fucking library. Yeah, didn't you pay? Because I refused to pay her. Yeah, I, I did. I paid her. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not paying somebody to read books. Like no. We're going to the library for City Hall. So Moonlight's going to the library. Wizard's going to the library. Peach Pie, Jeb. Nah, uh, hanging back. I'll I'll help put up the big top. I do have a stake driver. Yeah, I'm definitely just taking care of the animals. Somebody's got to do it. Okay. Moonlight and the wizard go into town. Give me everybody. Give me sense motive checks. You two do. Oh, that's just perception, right? Yes. Thirty. That twenty for a forty. Success and a critical success. You both notice as you go through town to get to City Hall. There's this energy of working. 
Like everybody is doing something and they're very focused on doing it. The blacksmith is actively at the anvil, hammering things out with all their apprentices helping out. There are people moving supplies in and out from the, the pier road. Lederick, even, you see him a couple blocks down, is directing people to move things, and you see people gathering pitchforks and pole arms, spare lumber, and things of that nature. Like, unnaturally focused on their what they're doing, or just like, hey, we're doing our fucking jobs. Of course they're doing their jobs. <laughs> the wizard on a critical success would realize that this seems to be with a little more urgency than just your daily business. Hmm. Everybody's got a fire under their ass. Do I have any idea why? Could I infer anything or assume anything? After walking around for a little bit, you can kind of see that people are reinforcing their doors and windows with planks of wood. You can see that the blacksmiths are actually making impromptu weapons out of some of the tools that are being brought in. People are preparing themselves to do combat or protect themselves. To be defensive, yeah, to protect themselves in their homes. And Lederick seems to be assisting people with getting supplies to where they need. Man, I hope they're not trying to, like, protect themselves from us. What if we have to fight the town? I say this to Moonlight. Why would they fight us? I don't know. You see them all boarding up their doors and preparing the weapons? They're fighting something. They're fighting off something. Oh, well, I mean, I, I saw it, yes. I assume they were preparing to defend themselves against dinosaurs. I mean... Oh, I just assume everybody's going to fight us. They're not, you don't think they'll fight us? We were just attacked by dinosaurs. I kind of want to attack that letter guy. I don't like him that much. He's the douchebag, right? I mean, he was helpful in the fight, even if he was annoying about it. Do we want to ask them if they're just preparing for the dinosaurs? We could just ask them why they are boarding up, yes. Or maybe we just talk directly to Lederick there. Nah, you got that. I'm not going to talk to him. That's, that's a hard pass for me. He is out of your way from getting to City Hall, and he hasn't noticed you, you can tell. Seeing the blacksmith, Moonlight will go over to the blacksmith. Looks like you're working extra hard today. Everything okay? The blacksmith, her name is Relda. She passes off the, the hammer and the bellows to one of her apprentices with some quick words of what to do next. Then she walks over to you, wipes her brow. We're working extra hard, yeah. After the performance the other night and all the stories about the dinosaurs nearby, and so we're getting ready, just in case. That's actually quite prudent. Whose idea was this? Lederick. It was Lederick's idea. What a douchebag. Moonlight glances at the whiz. <laughs> He, he's very keen on making sure that everybody stays safe. That's very kind of him to keep an eye out on the town, as he lived here his whole life. Oh, yeah, yeah. His family's been doing it for generations. His, his family has been guarding the town for generations? Aye. Is that why he looks so much healthier than everybody? Do the people give him them their family food, or...? No, not that I know of. Huh, you know, I never thought of it like that before. Doesn't he look quite healthy? He is a strong young man, and his family, his father was nearly identical to him. As far as his shoulder width and uh, tendency to not wear shirts, but, you know, (laughs) 
that's just a that's just a family thing, I suppose. Did his father have any brothers? Oh, certainly. How many? Three. What did they look like? Well, they didn't look all the same. Some of them looks like look like Lederick's brothers. She puts her hand on her head and she just goes, I appreciate all the questions, but I really need to get back to work. Thank you for saving everybody at your show last night, the other night. It was quite the performance. I'm sorry you didn't get to see the whole thing. Oh no, I got to see a whole performance. <laughs> she kind of gives a big belly laugh and uh, uh, starts pointing her fingers in the sky going smack and making all a bunch of sounds and she really liked the fight it would seem yeah exactly for the dragon (laughs) so other than them like working extra hard they don't seem like off otherwise like they don't seem like they're enchanted or anything like weird like that they just seem like they've got a purpose and they're doing it yeah you get the direct sense that this is like a close-knit community that they're starting to batten down the hatches. Moonlight walks away and then turn to the Wiz and be like, there's still something off about that Lederick. Can you like detect magic on him or something? Yeah, I can do that. Can I use reach spell on detect magic? Don't see why not. I mean, if it has a range, you should be able to. It's a third. It's a 30 foot emanation. That'd be a widened spell then. It'd have to be widened. So that's only going to have to five feet then isn't it or is it ten so tell me what you want we'll we'll get into the you know the details of feet i was just gonna detect magic on him but it's a 30 foot emanation i was hoping to like do it further away i don't think it's gonna matter to add an extra five feet we're gonna have to go up next to him all at least within 30 feet of him so the wizard sneaks up then or are you just kind of like wandering over and casting spells next to letteric no, I'm just telling Moonlight we gotta go up next to him and I'm gonna cast spells in his face. Is that cool? Like, you want me to detect magic? Like, I gotta, I gotta be 30 feet away from him. So, I guess I can go talk to him. You detect magic. Nonchalantly? I don't do anything nonchalantly. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't do it in his face. <laughs> I'm wearing a colorful fucking robe. I'm, I stick out like a sore thumb among these people. Like, what do you expect? We're circus people, too. Yeah. They'll just think it's part of our charm, right? I mean, I guess I do just randomly spout out languages from time to time. Who knows if I'm casting spells all the time. Are his brothers around? Specifically his casting brothers that would possibly understand what he's doing? No, neither of them are nearby. Alright, we're good then. Let's do this. Alright, then you go to approach Lederick, who is helping a man nail up the board up the windows of his home. So, yeah, Moonlight will approach and be like, huh. Lederick, I hear you are the one leading the charge and getting the town ready. That's an excellent idea. Good job. He looks startled for a moment and looks down at you and goes, Yeah, what what are you doing here? Well, our circus is nearby, and coming into town is sometimes necessary. Mm, Yes, I do recall that, yes. He turns back and starts hammering on the window again. You know, we have some people staying at the inn and stuff, so definitely want to make sure that they are safe. It's very good to see that someone is thinking about the town as thoroughly as you are. Well, it is not necessarily any of your business, but I appreciate the compliment. I heard your family has been doing this for a long time. Doing what, exactly? Protecting the town. Oh, yes. The Banyan boys have been protecting Willowside for three generations. 
and he pats his long sword, which he still he has at its side. It's a very nice sword. Go ahead and give me a diplomacy check. And in the meantime, you pinpoint the source of the highest level magic, like an imprecise scent. You don't learn the exact location, but can narrow down the source within a five-foot cube. And I learned the school of magic for the highest level effect. Is the highest level effect coming from him? It is Lederick. What school? Evocation. Okay. Now I'd like to try to identify. It says once you discover that an item, location, or ongoing effect is magical, you can spend ten minutes to try to identify the particulars of its magic. Oh, interesting. So you just have to hang out for ten minutes then. Yeah, just hang out in ten minutes of the air, in the area once I know there's an ongoing effect from some item or whatever. So I'm not gonna have a ten a ten minute conversation with Moonlight here. But Moonlight, no. are you gonna are you gonna hold Letterick's attention here for ten minutes? I'll sure try. Okay. I, I get a thirty two on my diplomacy check. Okay. Give me a general conversational strategy that Moonlight's gonna lean into to keep Letterick occupied here. I don't know, probably a few different strategies of talking about his family, trying to get more information out about that. If uh, something starts failing along those lines or needs more talking about, if there's anything that Moonlight can do to help the town or the circus. What you basically get from him is a bunch of weird looks at the wizard while he's talking to you. He kind of just like glances over at, at the wizard who is very clearly examining him very, very closely. The wizard for you, after ten minutes, you discover that his long sword is the most magical item that's on him. If at any point he gives me a weird look for looking at him weird, I wink at him. Ugh. Wink and a nod. He probably ignores you a little bit, for or tries to, at that point, just kind of looking up and away. After about two or three minutes, he's still going about nailing up the boards and all of that. Some people come by and congratulate you on the performance with your show of force during the end of the performance as well. And ten minutes go by, and Wizard, what was your arcana check to identify the longsword? And no, you can't take twice as long. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. Saying, and no, I'm not taking <laughs> twice as long. I, just get a, I, I do get a plus one still from being a seer elf, though. 42. And wrecked it. Fuck. For, with a critical success, you identify this as a plus two greater striking longsword. It's terrible. Okay. And as a little extra, you notice that he also has, a. now that you've identified that magic, the next thing that you kind of z- zero in on is he's wearing a ring that is also magic. You're trying to get me to spend another ten minutes here? I, f- I, feel, I feel like Moonlight looks over at the wizard like, are you done? And he's like, Stretch it out. <laughs> There's more magic. I mean, Moonlight keeps talking as long as until the wizard, like, walks away or does something that makes Moonlight know that they're done. I mean, as long as there's more magic for me to identify, I'll keep doing it. In the name of Nephis, I'll find out all the magic he has on him. (laughs) So, are you going to lead off with a detect magic, or are you just going to start identifying right away? Just continue identifying any magic from him. Identifying, okay, gotcha. I'm going to need another diplomacy check from Moonlight, then. Because now he's getting a little impatient with the conversation. 
I feel like I'm going to run out of stuff to talk about. Can I just start lying to this guy about stuff? <laughs> That's totally up to you, obviously. Basically, it boils down to, uh, yeah, his family's been doing this for, for generations. Yes, it's good that he's preparing people to help defend themselves. And no, you can't help your outsiders. In fact, stay out of our business. In fact, stay out of our business. If you could, please, we can handle this by ourselves. So yeah, I'll start lying to him. Oh, oh, I'm sure you've got it all under control. There's absolutely nothing that would be a problem here. And I did snap on purpose, because... You did. What'd you do then? I'm using my ring of lies. You are? Okay. The ring of lies gives me a plus two to all deception checks. Uh, snapping your fingers on the hand that wears the ring causes the ring to cast glibness on you with no visual manifestation of a spell being cast. Damn. Well, so the ring gives you a plus two item bonus to deception. Glibness gives you a plus four status bonus to deception. Implausibility of your lies prompt a circumstance penalty or a DC increase. Reduce that penalty or increase by half. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So depending on what you lie to him about... The, the lie is that they can handle the dinosaurs all by themselves. <laughs> and oh. they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because Moonlight absolutely does not think they can do that. <laughs> Go ahead and give me a deception check then. With a plus six overall. Well, the twos are is permanence. So that's already factored into my oh, that's deception. built into you. So this plus, so that's why it only says plus four. I get a thirty-nine. And this is against their perception DC. Of course, we have this all in hand. If you get the people of Willowside together, we can do anything. And I just try to lead him on that track of how awesome he is, how awesome Willowside is, and how he's gonna bring everybody together. And <laughs> oh, he he is now fully into it. He's invested. He's proselytizing right now to you about how good and how amazing Willowside is and how people should not leave as they have been because the city is better when we all stick together and wizard give me your arcana check to identify the ring that is a critical success that is a ring of sustenance without a doubt Okay, I'm getting bored. This mediocre shit. I've waved, I've waved <laughs> my off. Like that's that wasn't worth the ten minutes. Right. Also, a more illusion type versus boring stuff. Like we have no reason to ever kill Luke. This guy. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> so I would imagine at that point, if the wizard walks away, Moonlight, you just stop the conversation and just yeah. walk away as well. Moonlight just like bows and says. Thanks for your time. Bye. It was in the middle of a... Oh, oh, fine. Goodbye. And uh, you continue on to City Hall? Yep. When you get there, the receptionist is a, uh, a young man. He's maybe 19 years old. And as Moonlight and the wizard walk in, he has a piece of paper in his hands. And he's about two feet away from the door. And as you walk in, he stops. Oh, oh. Hello there. Hi. This... Hmm. Is everything okay? No, no, everything's fine, really. I was, well, actually just coming to you with uh, a sheet of paper that he, like, then folds up and and tucks into his pocket. Uh, Well, if you're bringing it to me, can I 
see it? Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. The, the paper isn't for you. Uh, it was just uh, uh, co- coaching, coaching for me to, for, to, to, come, to come to you to ask you to come talk to the mayor today. You need to coach to talk? He just kind of, he goes flush, and he goes, I'm very socially awkward. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. That I understand. Me too. Also, was going to. I was expecting an entire mile walk to get to the to the circus, so then back and 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 here you are. I didn't even need to leave the door. Well, isn't that fortuitous? I suppose it is. Would you be willing to talk to Mayor Vandy? Of course. Great. Right this way. Right. Right now. I. I mean, if if you don't if you don't want if you don't want to right now. I guess if you can find stuff. For us, while we talk to her. Oh, sure. Uh, y- uh, yes. Yes, I would. Be. I would be happy to do that. We're looking for some information on the Aeon Tower nearby. You know, just anything. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I can I can pull out some some maps of the area. Um, I'll see if I can find any reference materials. I'll stay here and help him while you go talk to the mayor. Oh, okay. Moonlight, the teenager, points you to Estessa's office to the door. Do you knock or do you just walk in? Oh, he doesn't actually bring me to the door. He just No, he doesn't. He points it out. It's not a big city hall, but he points it out and then he goes to the records area with the wizard. Moonlight walks in then. Estessa is in her office. It's a modest office. It's a, you know, there's, she has a simple wooden desk, a couple of, you know, family portraits. You actually see a picture of Opper in a few family pictures as well. Oh, oh my. Ah, I I just sent Trevor to go get you. That was very fast. I know you're performers, but that's quite the trick. <laughs> oh, oh uh, sorry. He, he told me you wanted to talk to us, and we were already in town, so I thought you were ready. Oh, you were already in town. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, well, yes, come, please, sit down. Let's, let's, I'd like to talk to you. Please, have it, would you like some tea, or, wait, um, how, hmm, how does that work for you? Do you have a... Nice window I can sit by. Uh, oh, yes, uh, of course. She walks over to the window, <laughs> opens up a curtain. I love that. <laughs> Standing in the sun, that's Moonlight's tea. <laughs> Just, like, throws open the window, and there's a nice there's a nice beam of sun coming in and hits you. Moonlight will, like, pull a chair over and sit there. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, she, and she'll actually pull up a chair, and off, not, like, behind the desk, but just next to you or you know facing you to make it a more personal conversation she's not awkwardly having the conversation behind the desk uh, thank you so much for coming to Willowside your circus has brightened things up in a way nothing has for a long time not since the welt started taking over and then the dinosaurs showed up and they had soul gas with them but you've not only brightened our spirits with your shows you've also protected the town. I thank you for that. Well, we certainly do what we can. What well, with saving Griston from the giant fly traps outside of town to the flying dinosaurs, and now the Denserts are telling me that you saved them from Zolgas and dinosaurs from the in the farm. Yes, they were under siege from some dinosaurs. <laughs> I don't know how many times we're gonna slip that in this book. <laughs> Moonlight will say it as many times as they can. (laughs) I hate to ask this, but I must for the town's sake. Nobody else seems to be afraid to ask, so go ahead. (sighs) Yes. I know the dinosaurs have 
killed some people, and other folks just simply left town. That's something that Lederick is currently trying to do something about, and, and he seems confident in his ability to assist. Yes, very confident. He, he, is, he is very confident, isn't he? But there's perhaps something else going on, out in the swamp, out east. A few hours east of town is a gambling hall and entertainment venue called Fortune's Hall. Yes, I've heard of it. Oh, have you? I suppose they are an entertainment hall, after all. Well, one of our circus members knows someone that works there. Or worked there. I don't remember exactly. Well, the owners, the Carristers, have been big supporters of the town, despite being so far outside it. For the past few weeks, though, no one's heard from anyone out there. Not the Carristers, not their staff, not any of the regulars who were out that way. A few people went to check, but they didn't come back. That was about when the reports of the dinosaur attacks started. So I assumed the dinosaurs got them. And the folks at Fortune Saw, for that matter. Certainly disconcerting if they didn't come back. A few days ago, one of the horses from Fortune's Hall showed up in town. The poor thing had almost starved to death. It had an unusual bite on its leg. Strangest of all, someone had written The Fun Never Stops on its side in purple paint. That is certainly unusual. It is very odd. But I don't think that's the work of Zolgas and dinosaurs. I don't see Zolgas riding very often. Indeed. Gristarn got the horse cleaned up and fed, but it's too scared to head home. Something strange is going on at Fortune's Hall. It doesn't seem to be related to the dinosaurs or the welt. I'm not sure Willowside can withstand yet another threat. Will you investigate it for us? I know that it's dangerous, but you're better able to look into this than anyone else but the Banyan boys. Well, seeing as two of our circus members went there, we will certainly go to check this out. I hope that everything is okay. I'd hate to see anybody hurt from the circus. We'd... Lederick just thinks that they're lost to the dinosaurs and, and, and just refuses to look at it. And, well, I'm just concerned. Well, luckily, he's heading the charge to get this town safer so that, while we're gone, hopefully nothing happens, but if something does, hopefully you can defend yourselves. Oh, yes. Lederick is very capable. And they haven't gotten so far as to attack the town directly yet. He believes if we put up a show of force and defend ourselves before they start prodding us, as he said, we can disincentivize them from attacking. Yes, well, he also thinks he can just wave his sword and scare people. And she kind of chuckles at that under her breath. And if Moonlight could roll their eyes, they, they would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thank you for your assistance. Oh, actually, hold on a second. And she stands up and walks over to her desk and opens a drawer. And she pulls out a pale lavender ellipsoid stone. And she says, I, I would like this back if you're able to return it, but this could help you. What is it? I'll bet it's a pale lavender aeon stone. A pale lavender ellipsoid aeon stone. That is correct. <laughs> I have no idea what that does. So. Uh, me either. Plus 10 to strength. <laughs> That's not how that works. We're giving it to the whiz. I I'm using <laughs> it. That'll give me a 20. <laughs> he needs to carry more shit. <laughs> Cast a dispel magic. And gives you the read aura cantrip as an arcane innate spell. That actually is its resident power. You need to put it in a wayfinder to activate that. 
I was looking at Aeon Stones earlier, and they each have something called a Resonant Power. And the Resonant Power only activates if it's in a Wayfinder or similar item. I should really get a Wayfinder, then. <laughs> does she offer an explanation of what it is? She does offer an explanation of what it is and what it does. Once per day as a... Well, obviously, she doesn't use these terms. But once per day is a reaction when you are targeted by a spell. You can activate the stone and then it makes a counteract check against the spell being cast. So it's counterspell in an Aeon Stone. So when she explains that, I'm like, well, we'll certainly do our best to get it back to you. I won't tell the Wiz about it. Oh, okay. If the Wiz finds out, you'll never see it again. Oh. He loves his magic items. Ah, I see. Well, I appreciate your discretion then. So she thanks you for agreeing to assist and go check it out. She wishes you the best of luck, and unless you have any questions for her, she doesn't have anything else to ask or talk about. We actually came to town to do some research on the Aeon Towers, so hopefully the Wiz found something. Well, hopefully. Uh, He was given access to the records, yes? Uh, Yes. Uh, I believe Trevor, you said? Yes. Uh, Was going to show him. Oh, wonderful. That is, if he had the courage to do so. Yeah, Trevor's a good boy. He's just nervous around people. Good luck with your research and with the investigation at Fortune's Hall. Yes, that does sound quite pressing. We're not a lockout. Then we'll move down over to the wizard where it wasn't too long of a conversation that they had there. But wizard, go ahead and uh, you're going to give me some society checks here. How long? How much time we got? Can I do twice as long? Uh, yeah, you could easily do it twice as long. Without it taking like an hour? No, I'm going to make you roll a d4 and then add hours to it to get the information that you need. Hmm, 32 society. A 32 will get you, you know where the tower is. You know that it's nearby or the welt has overtaken that area. So there's not a lot of greenery. There's a forest in the general area, but the welt is also encroaching on the forest too. But you don't find a ton of information about it. What you do end up finding is you do find that there are occasional mentions of the tower where like say a a sect of druids came by to visit the tower and they swung by Willowside on their way through, you know passing through, sometimes scholars. But aside from that you don't get much more information. Sorry there wasn't much more than that. What was your name again? What? Oh. Hi. Sorry. I... Sorry, we couldn't get much more than that. Is it because you couldn't hear me, or were you ignoring me? I'm so sorry. I I know I'm easy to ignore. It's sorry. I don't know. I'm trying to think of how I would respond. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I got everything I needed. Oh, well, good. Good job. I pat him on the head. Ah, he he beams a little bit. Moonlight, you come back. What do you guys want to do? I just need to stop at the store quick. I need some more infiltrator picks. Is this like a? Do they have a decent like selection of records and books, or is it just he just brought me this stuff, so I didn't really see what they had, or is it like a library, or what do they got? It's essentially the basement of the city hall. So like town records and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, there's a couple of dusty shelves, a lot of binders, and that sort of thing. It's not extensive by any means. Do I care enough to investigate Lederick and his family line? I feel like there's still something shady about him and his family. 
but I don't think there's anything worth finding. Oh, I, there might be. It could be fun. I kind of like the idea. You do that while Moonlight goes and gets new picks. Yeah, fuck it. I'll look into it. You got anything on, on Letterick's family? I don't remember his last name. Oh, the Banyans? The Banyan boys, yeah. I, I, I love those guys. I want to I want to read all about them. Oh, so do, so do we. So do we. Uh, uh, here, let me... Uh, there's there's a lot more on that. They kept records of some of the things that would happen and defense points that they would, you know, make for the town as well as, you know, any investigations. There's more there. Here, let me bring some to you. Go ahead and give me a society check then. Another one. Moonlights uh, would come in as you begin the research on this one. Did you get everything you need, Wiz? Probably, maybe. 34 society? What do I got on them? What do I got for dirt? A lot of the records that you're brought, a lot of them are what you would equate to a modern-day police report. This citizen was, you know, got a little too drunk at the bar, threw a rock through a window of of a neighbor over a grudge, and we went on the scene to make sure everything was okay. Or, you know, the occasional monster attacks from outside of town and to make sure everything is okay and to defend it, that sort of thing. You don't find a lot of interest. However, there is a little notebook that you find, just a little tab notebook that you see, you know, reporters and cops will make quick notes on. A large section of pages are ripped out, and the pages just before the section that's ripped out, you see some notes that are, Lert is being dodgy, the general store seems busy for after close, and then just a bunch of shit ripped out. This guy is really meticulous, whoever this, these notes came from. It's Sheriff Banyan, you can see, from two, a generation or two ago. It would have been Letterick's grandfather. He was a very diligent note-taker, and this stands out to you because it's sloppy to have this big section ripped out. And also, he keeps dates on all of his notes. And the dates for the section that are ripped out, you actually don't find any file it, filed reports during that time either. I show that's moonlight. Tell him what it means and everything I know. Hmm. It certainly seems like somebody's hiding something here. I'm not sure what. I have no idea. Is there a check I can make to try to think more about that? It would be society, yeah. Before I would have handed it over, I would have tried to put two and two together and, like, understand it. I mean, so we would assume that something's getting covered up. I, I, I would ask, I mean, if, after I handed it over to Moonlight, I'd ask, uh, I forgot the kid's name already. The Wiz probably doesn't know the kid's name either, so it doesn't matter. Kid, do you have any records for these dates that are missing? Know anything about them or have any literature that's, a, that's all I've got. Who is Lert? Lert? I don't know. Doesn't sound familiar to me. You said this is like a grandfather or something like that? The Sheriff Banyan that wrote these notes? Yeah, so this would have been, like, 60 years ago. Uh, is there anybody in town that might know who Lert is? Somebody that's been in town a long time? Are you asking me who the old people in town are? Sure, yes. I mean, the oldest person in town that I know is Tritala. Tritala Frintz. She's, uh the lead priest, the clergy member, the cleric of the temple of Aristo in town. Oh, good. The wizard moonlight can go talk to a cleric. <laughs> Let's do that. That sounds like fun. Can you show us how to get to this temple? Uh, sure. Yeah, I could do that. 
perfect. We'd like to talk to this. What was her name again? Tritala. 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 <laughs> At the Temple of Aristotle is a simple building. When you enter, you can see that she must double as some sort of clerical services shop. You see scrolls lining the, the walls, uh, some vials of holy water for sale. You may actually be able to get clerical services and scrolls right from the Temple of Aristotle here. There is currently no one in the area right now, in the main entry area. And when you open the door, it makes a big sound. So you actually hear from in the distance in the back, Yeah, I'll be right with you. And after a moment, a woman comes out and she has like a, a smock on that has a few blood stains on it. And she's wiping her hands off and cleaning. She looks like this. Oh, yeah, that's for sure the oldest lady in town. No doubt. Yep. <laughs> she's like old even to... by elven terms, man. Like <laughs> yeah, I love the cleric of Aristotle robes, though. Those are cool. I love the, the yeah, clasp. That's yeah, it's really neat. High collar robes, the clasp, that's just the, it clasps at the feathered part of the arrow on the bow and arrow, religious symbol of Aristotle. Ah, well, you're the one that caused the patients I have back here in this room. Don't worry, they're getting fixed up, but what do you need? How could I help you? You seem fine. Able to take care of yourselves. I saw you take care of yourselves the other night. Yes, I did. And she walks over to the counter and she keeps talking. You watched that? It's gross. Wait, in the circus. In the performance of the circus. <laughs> I didn't even think of it that way. <laughs> and she even, like, she puts her head down. She goes, disgusting elves. Always, always. Mind to the gutter with this. Can I help you? Phrasing, man. Phrasing. Oh. <laughs> Yes, we could use assistance in a few different ways. First, I was wondering if you had any healer's tools. Would you just call them expanded healer's tools? <laughs> the good variety. You know, the expanded variety available for purchase. She walks over to the other side of where her counter is, leans over, pulls out a very well-made kit in a leather satchel, and sets it on the counter and goes, 50 gold. Ah, yes. Here. Um, and since we have you here, we were just looking through some information and found something interesting that was from a while back. And Trevor said, uh, you might have been around back in this time. She cocks an eyebrow. Yeah, he he called you old. (laughs) To a 19-year-old, everybody's old, right? I know Trevor. Oh, I know Trevor. But we were just wondering if you knew Alert from... 50, 60 years ago? Give me a diplomacy check. I schmoozed her by buying something, too. Damn it. 25. Her eyes darken, and she looks down at you, and she says, Now, you're going to dig into things that is just none of your business. Is there anything else that you need? Uh, yes. Information on Lurk. No. You can, you can go on now. I am very busy. So, have a nice day. Your town. She turns around and walks back into the back room. Well, I guess we'll have to deal with this more later. I I am worried about the entertainment hall, so we should probably get there as soon as possible. And I guess we head back. Transition to the circus. Moonlight and the wizard get back. After the time that you spent, it's probably around dinner time. 
Peach Pie and Jebediah have been working hard on on getting the the tent all fixed up and getting it going. There's a lot of progress being made, and you think that with another day or two that you can actually finish it up. Fortune's Hall, you got directions, is about two hours east out of Willowside. Question is, do we go tonight or tomorrow? Sounds kind of pressing. I don't want Kadarin and Cubby to die because we waited overnight. Yeah, I'd be willing to head out today. It's only a couple hours, you know, we'll get there. Might be dark, but we got dark vision. We don't give a shit. That is very true. A couple hours on foot or on... Or on Phantom Steeds. Or on Phantom Steeds. (laughs) Phantom Steeds, please. (laughs) Steed me, daddy. Mm. Boom. (laughs) Three Phantom Steeds. Someone's, I'm assuming, Swanee rides turtle. Yeah. Everybody mounts up. You have to ride through Willowside to get onto the road that heads out east, and you ride through town on your phantom steeds and on turtle. People are watching you pass as you're quite the sight. A 35-foot movement speed, you can travel that much further. I'm going to say you can get there in half an hour, and it's about dusk by the time you get there. Perfect. Let's do this. As you ride up on the steeds to get to Fortune's Hall, you were given some instructions and directions on how to get here by Mayor Vandy. Just off the trail, you hear the tinny sound of music. Loud, jolly, exuberant music coming from a hall, which is very well built, that is lit up. All of the windows are, are lit up. It's got big fancy doors. There are signs for Fortune's Hall. There's a colorful wagon in the stables. Fortune's Hall stands on a low hill, surrounded by the lush greenery of a swampy valley. In front of the building, a large scenic pond, surrounded by stone benches and a decorative wooden arch covered with roses and creeping vines. Water lilies cover the serene surface of the pond. Everyone give me a perception check. 36. 35. Also 35. 35. Look at us. We're very perceptive. You all see in the pond eight large tadpole creatures just kind of swimming around in there. Gripplies, kill them. Can I do a recall knowledge check on them? Or do we have a second? Or... Yeah, I'll just I'll just show you what they look like. They don't acknowledge you at all. They're just kind of swimming around in the pond. Pretty much adorable, unlike the piranha face. <laughs> I was going to say, like, they're half cute, half terrifying. That's a lot of rows of teeth. If you'd like to, yes, you could give me a nature check to recall knowledge on these creatures. Sure. Not the greatest of nature checks. 28. 28's enough to get it. Actually, so is a 24. These are called gallipods. They're fey. They're amphibious. They're small in size. And they're part of a fey creature from the first world called uh, Brugadach. They're not going to come and attack you because you're walking by the pond. They may get territorial and attack if you get close to what they've claimed as their own. In this case, this pretty pond in front of the Fortune's Hall. Is there magic? In the pond? On the pond? In the pond? Like, I can't really... It's an emanation. Uh, no magic if from this area. Always checking. You never know. Uh, head to the front door, I guess? Yeah, I don't want to bother with these guys. They're cute. I don't want to kill them. 
if the Wiz says they aren't going to bother us unless we go in their water, I don't need to go in their water, so... Same. So you can keep a wide berth around them pretty easily. We do. In fact, as you're walking by, one of their heads kind of crests the water, and its beady little black eyes watch you as you walk by, and then it slinks back down. Moonlight nods. So when you get to the door, you can hear the music clearly from, from out here, just on the other side of these doors. The doors to get into Fortune's Hall, they're large mahogany double doors, and they're decorated with carvings of fey creatures such as satyrs, sprites, and dryads. Do they look like these are recent carvings, or they've been here for a while? No, it looks like the, the door was designed that way. Hmm. Because it kind of seems like this place has been taken over by the Fae. Tricksters and stuff. Do you open the doors? Uh, I check it for traps. I get a 29. You find none. After a moment, the door swings open. This creature is the one who opened the door. That looks like that a grown-up like grown of <laughs> things in the water. Yep, it sure does. It looks like a frog person. It's got the beady black eyes. The teeth are still sharp, but not, like, all over the place. He's well-dressed, though. They're actually wearing slacks and vests and suit jackets. And as you walk in, he actually looks a little surprised to start but quickly recovers and in common says, Ah, welcome, welcome to Fortune's Hall, where the fun never stops. Please come, enjoy your stay. What is your name? My name is... Nice to meet you. What was the name of the owners of this place that were supposed to be the owners? Uh, not that. Uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Please come and partake in the festivities and the feasting. As he kind of steps aside to reveal the foyer into the Fortune's Hall, you see that there are tables here with chairs and a bar off to the side, and they're just mounded with food. There's roast turkeys, there's pigs with apples shoved into their mouths. It's extravagant. It smells absolutely delicious. There's, like, pots of pasta. Anything you can think of that's a big, lavish buffet dish. Prime rib. Lobsters. Biscuits. Excuse me. Where are the owners? Ah, we are the new management. Oh, well, what what happened to the other ones? Oh, you'd have to ask one of the new management. Didn't you just say you were the new management? No, not me. And he actually gestures around, and there are a handful of these creatures in the foyer here. They bring in you trays filled with drinks... Like there's little low balls with brandy and some other beverages. There's a couple of ales and little cocktail shrimps on a tray, and they offer them to you. I thought there was a food shortage in the area. Where did you get all this food from? Aw, we bring it in from the first world. That's a good solution, to be honest. 
the people from Willowside can come here for their entertainment and all the food. I see nothing wrong with this. I have no problem. I well, but wish them well and leave. <laughs> they sent some people here to find out more information. They never came back. Well, they never left. They didn't want to leave. Like I said, the fun never ends. I hate that these guys are going to end up being evil. I love this. And we're going to have to fucking fight them. <sighs> if you will like, I can show you to some of them. Uh, we're actually looking for Kadarin. Do you know Kadarin? Unfortunately, don't know the names of all of my guests. There's a talking dog. Yes, the talking dog. Then follow me. That's actually Cubby, but... Yeah, but you know, they'd be together. There are two double doors in the foyer here, and he takes you, leads you through the ones off to the left. And leads you into a well-lit hallway. Fortune's Hall is an extravagant building. The hallways are lined with expensive-looking pieces of art. The floors are covered with red carpet and runners. And there are f- five doors in the hallway that you can see all along the left. And you can hear men inside cheering. And there are a couple of these creatures walking into the buildings, or into these rooms, with trays of food. I don't know which of the rooms he's in, but go ahead and peek at our tables. I guess I'll start looking around. I open the door to this first room on the left. Do you open the door into the first room here? You actually come across Gadarin, and you see Cubby, both sitting around a table with a wheel in it. It looks like a roulette wheel, and it's being run by one of these creatures, the Brugadach, a man from town that looks, like, just emaciated. He looks like he hasn't eaten in days. And then there's Gadarin and Cubby, and they're all placing bets on the roulette table, and they're having a great time. Oh, it's Moonlight! Come, play game with us! Have some of the food, it's delicious! Are you okay, Gadarin? Am I okay? Huh, he takes a big drink of ale that's there. He's got a big turkey leg that he takes uh, just a huge bite out of. Cubby is actually has his nose in a bowl that's up on the table that has a big ham shank coming out of it. And they're both just eating. And they are enjoying themselves. Is this your brother? What? No. No, he... Uh, he's here somewhere, I think. I'm not sure. I've been having so much fun. Did you find him? No, actually, this is as far as I got in. Is the emaciated-looking guy eating anything? He is, yeah. He doesn't look like it. The guy who who goes over to you, he smiles and he just goes, No, we're having a great time here. He strains a little bit to say it, but he looks sincere to say it. There seems like something odd is going on here. I don't see the problem. 
They have gambling hall. It's fun. They have food. They have beer. Yes, but you came here for your brother and you have completely forgotten about him. That is odd. What? I'm sorry. I didn't forget. I just got distracted. I figure if he's here, he's here. Why not have play some games before going to tear down the place to go find him? Will you roll some roulette with me? But you have been here for like over a day, Gidarin. What? No. That can't be. Yes, it is true. Nah, just come come play a game with us. How about you come with us? Yes, let's play a game of hide and seek where we try to find your brother. Stay in hall. We will find him wherever we find him. Okay. Cubby, we want to come and see what else they have. The Brugadage that's running the table, he says, oh, I suggest the theater for the evening show. You may suggest it. Okay. Also, how about some food? And he pulls up a tray that has fancy-looking hors d'oeuvres on them to peach pie. They're these cute little penguins made out of grapes with little toothpicks on the bottom of them. And then there's a carrot for its little beak. And there's the trays just lined with them. And he just brings it up and offers it to you. Moonlight grabs one. You certainly know how to appeal to David, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Moonlight, what do you do with it? Uh, I look at it. It looks like food. Like I squeeze it. Does it act like it? Yeah, it acts like food. It's the the grape squeezes. You could you could pull the carrot off for the little penguin nose, and it's yeah, it's all there. That's that's food. I put one in front of Turtle's nose. Turtle sniffs it. She sends you an emoji of the equivalent of a shrug. Like she's like, I don't want this grape. You got me. <laughs> Look it, I'll eat it. I eat a penguin. It's fucking delicious. Yeah, it tastes great, actually. And now I'm high and want to gamble. No, it's just a little fruity, you know, little little fruity treat. Go ahead and give me a will save. Oh no, not that. I critically succeed. <laughs> I believe that's how it reads, right? If you that's, succeed. That's how that works. Yeah. For sure. That is absolutely, absolutely not a success. It's a failure. <laughs> Hero points. Fuck no, dude, I want to see what this does to me. You don't have any effects, really. Well, okay. Spencer knows you failed, but Jeb doesn't see any issues with it. It just tastes like food, man. I eat more. I keep an eye on Jeb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Moonlight definitely does not eat theirs. Partially because Moonlight doesn't eat, but... Why so suspicious? Laugh on never ends. Well, to be perfectly honest, I was not expecting to see all you Brigadaches here. Oh, I understand that our appearance may be off-putting to humanoids. Oh no, I've seen many things. I am not put off by your appearance. I am put off by your presence here, but not in a racial way. Can I do a recall knowledge on what 
this guy is and like where he comes from and everything. You should definitely do that. Now that you've you see the uh, you know the adult version of it, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Nature again, or is this gonna be something different? Same. Yep, still nature. Thirty-six. So thirty-six is a success. Yes, this is the midlife cycle of the Brugadach. What do you want to know, wizard? I'll give you two pieces of information. Where are they from? He said something about the first world, right? They are natively from the first world. So that is fey. correct. They are fae and they're from the first world. What, what are they known for? What do they do? Are they like fucking tricksters? Are they like merchants? Like what, what are they normally known for? Are they just not known for anything? With a success, you are aware that there is research that exists uh, about Brugadach's connection to feasts and large feasts, providing those feasts for people who come across their settlements in the first world. How about alignment? (laughs) Are they typically a certain alignment? I feel like you can't answer these questions. Like, they're not. Yeah, good that, one's, that one's tough. I can't really do the alignment one necessarily. I can tell you that you know that the midlife Brugadaches have been magical because the Brugadaches are very magical, as many Fae from the First World are. Yeah. But you also know that, that they're well known for their connection to bountiful feasts. Or at least food of some kind. There's some magic with food. You're, you don't know exactly what that connection is, though. I don't know what else I even want to know. What, what do you guys want to know? Am I going to die? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing that you know about them that would indicate that Jeb would die from eating their food. I guess I would just say to Moonlight. Moonlight, it seems as though something very suspicious and possibly sinister is happening here. Would you agree? Yes, I certainly do agree. Something is not right here. Alright, I'm going to take action. It sounds like you're jumping to conclusions. They're all around you. They can hear you. And I'm going to walk into the room and I'm going to grapple Gadarin with one hand and cubby with the other because I would assume I can except my hand is full of hammer I mean you could sheath your hammer? no I don't no, have a sheath don't have a sheath I always carry it then you can only do one because you have to have a free hand yeah so I grapple Gadarin I grab him by his beard and I lead <laughs> him outside okay he follows and as uh, that happens, the Brugadaches kind of uh, look at you and tilt their heads sideways, and they're confused. And Gadarn the whole way is like, what? Why? This, we're having fun inside. The fun never ends. And as soon as he says the fun never ends, all the Brugadaches start croaking. The fun never ends. The fun never ends. All in tune with each other. They allow you to take Gadarin out the front door. Okay, does his demeanor seem to change once he is outside of the building? No. He wants to go back in and... I don't see why I can't have fun in Hall. Gadarin, there is something strange going on here. We're going to have to figure it out. And he starts pacing around in the, uh, on the path up front... I don't know what you want me to do. Go back to the circus. But I don't want to. Wizard, can you tell if there's anything 
magical affecting him? Yeah, I'll detect magic. Do I sense anything from him? Yup. School. Enchantment. Yeah, he's enchanted. Cubby never came with you. He's in, he's still inside. Can you fix it, wizard? Yeah, but I'm gonna need some time. So I'm gonna have to swap some spells. I don't prepare dispel magic. Well, I don't know if dispel magic would even do it. I'm assuming everybody follows. Everybody follows Gadarin and Peach Pie outside. Just want to get that out of the way real quick. Yeah, I would. Maybe Moonlight grab Cubby. Uh, or, or I'll Jeb to grab Cubby. <laughs> but the fun never ends. Love. Oh, oh no! They've got Jeb. When Moonlight, when you tell Jeb to grab Cubby, Jeb, you don't want to leave. You want to sit down and play some games. You actually sit down in Gadarin's place. After Peach Pie pulls him away, you want to play games. Fuck yeah, dude. Let's roll some dice. Put some silver down on the table and let's do some roulette. I do just that. Oh, good. Moonlight would have been standing there saying to grab Cubby, and when he sits down and refuses, Moonlight's going to start to get angry. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's time to do a coercion check on Mr. Medium Fay number one. Coercion. I would actually allow you to coerce Jeb in this situation as well. Nah, I'm more coercing this guy to tell me what the fuck they're doing here. <laughs> Let's see it. Um, actually, I'll be using group coercion also. Okay. This will be any and all of these guys that can hear me, basically. <laughs> that I can see, or that I know are there. Well, there is my hero point. Thank you Fucking game. <laughs> the natural one. What was that? We all got hero points for that RP earlier? <laughs> Are you going to drop them both on this? I absolutely. Yeah, all right. Retroactively give you hero points for all that RP that you, you went and did. You too, you too, wizard. You can't use hero points back to back. Oh, that's right. The fortune effect doesn't allow it. I hate this game sometimes. But the fun never ends. The fun never ends. <laughs> well, I get a 29 to intimidate. Is that a success or a failure? And then I'll give what I say. That is a... A 29 is a failure. On all of them? On all of them. What have you guys done to my friends? Failure, they just, uh... Doesn't do what you say, and if they were not already unfriendly or hostile, they become unfriendly. <laughs> The one that's running the roulette table kind of steps up and goes to you and says, We are just offering food and entertainment. You should leave. Not without my friends. He stands up and takes a step closer. You should leave. And the Brugadaches from out in the foyer start to close in on you. Yeah, Turtle will get in between at least the dealer one. So Turtle intervenes? Yeah. And he takes a step back when Turtle pops up. Does she, like, snarl at him or anything? Oh, yeah. She thinks they fucked with Jeb and Moonlight. Can we say that the wizard and Peach Pie would have started to walk back in after telling Gadarn to go back to the circus? Uh, yes, and let's actually finish that scene real quick. Wizard, you can do something with the information with the tech magic that you got off of Gadarin, and you know it's enchantment. There's an identified spell. Anything he does is going to take ten minutes. Unless you took quick identify. 
the fuck is quick identify? No, I didn't think it's <laughs> feet Instead useless. of taking your fucking no, language. Multilingual <laughs> is so much more useful than what the fucking fast identify? No. No. Yeah, who would possibly want to quickly identify things? Yeah, it's nonsense, right? It's not like you spend yeah, whole, all day, every day identifying shit. The whole point of your identification build is to spend more time identifying it. <laughs> I'm not trying to take less time, I take more time. Well, not all of us have ageless patience. <laughs> Get at my level, man, become 240, whatever. 20 minutes is nothing to me. No, if I don't have the time to identify him, I mean, I know the Wiz knows I would have to spend like 10 minutes to identify the spell, 10 minutes to swap spells, and even then it's not a guarantee that I'm going to be able to remove whatever the enchantment is. Well, and when nobody else comes out with you guys. Yeah, within like a few minutes of nobody else coming out, I feel like me and Peach Power are like, um, where is everybody? I mean, you're also right outside the door. If something happens, you're going to hear it. Jeb, until they do anything openly hostile, anything considered a hostile action against Moonlight, they are considered friendly to you. But as soon as they do anything violent or a hostile action against Moonlight, all bets are off. So I think at this point we're going to hit initiative. But the fun never ends. Will Jebediah retire and play copper slots for eight hours a day? Will we really have to kill all of these silly little frog guys? What really is happening here? What about the cute little tadpoles out in the pond? Don't tell me we're gonna have to kill them. Does the fun actually ever stop? Not when you're listening to MinMaxed. For the rest of it, find out next time as we continue The Extinction Curse. And until then, may you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.